welcome to the cookery podcast today i have a very important guest i think this guest is the most important guest that i will ever have on this podcast and it's the one the only mr jeremy cook how are you doing i'm doing very good glad to be here with you yeah i'm so happy to be with you today So for those listening, if you don't know who this guest is, this is my husband. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pausing this episode because if you're not familiar with narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder, please go listen to the very first episode of the Cook Curry podcast titled My Journey with Acceptance Work and Creating a New Legacy. I explain what narcissism is and share a little bit of my experience growing up with a narcissistic parent. Okay, back to this conversation with my husband, Jeremy. So one of the reasons why Jeremy is having a conversation with me for the podcast today is because this past week, we have been having quite a number of conversations about being the scapegoat children of the narcissistic families that we grew up in. So what the scapegoat child is, is usually the scapegoat child. Sometimes people call the scapegoat the black sheep of the family, but they're the ones who recognize that something is off in the family. They are sometimes ostracized. Usually the abusive or narcissistic parent has the most issues with the scapegoat child. There's a lot of conflict between the narcissistic parent and the scapegoat child because of that reason. And so I was thinking that Jeremy and I could share some of our experiences and give you guys hope that no matter the kind of environment that you grew up in, it's okay. You are safe now and as an adult, you are free to make your own decisions and distance yourself from people who only want to cause you harm so how do you feel about that jer are you excited (laughs) yeah super excited so i was thinking maybe we can start by you just telling us about where you grew up and what were some of your earliest memories of your childhood okay um so i grew up in washington state just uh south of seattle the Auburn federal area, and yeah, I guess some of my earliest childhood memories, um, sadly to say, aren't very happy, because um, when I was a toddler, I remember my parents fighting a lot, and then they uh, eventually got divorced, um, we would have these uh, weekends called Daddy Days where we would spend time with, uh, with my dad, and those eventually stopped pretty soon. Well, not pretty soon, but when I was pretty young, they, they stopped, and my, uh, my little sisters and I, we were wondering why we weren't able to see our dad anymore. Um, but other than that, like, we'd have, we'd have lots of fun growing up. Um, 
go on lots of trips, uh, drive down to Oregon to see our grandparents. But as I got older, um, the distance between my mom and I grew. My mom's a narcissist. And I didn't really, I didn't really come to terms with that until I guess about a, about a year or two ago. That's when I, that's when I started doing my own research into uh, narcissistic parents. And as I was like, reading the definitions and finding out more about narcissism, I was like. Oh yeah, that's totally my mom. Um, so definitely makes sense why why I'm not able to have a relationship with her. Because as I became an adult, it seemed like I was the one who was trying to repair the relationship with her. And yeah, sometimes there'd be moments of of peace and and love but eventually uh, eventually things would start uh, tumbling and spiraling spiraling out of control and so that's when i that's when i moved on that's when i gave up on trying to trying to have the mom that i that i wanted and that I needed, but thankfully I, I have lots of lots of friends that I consider family, and I eventually found my wife, my beautiful, loving wife. I like how you mentioned that you have a chosen family now, and I think that's an important part of our lives to share because I I'm so grateful for our chosen family and that. I mean, you and I, we chose each other, and there is such power in choice, especially since we grew up in environments where we weren't given a lot of choice, you know, and especially the kind of mothers that we both had, where it's like, do what I say and nothing else. And to survive, for me, speaking from my experience, it's like the only way to survive was just a one-sided relationship, just complying to whatever she wanted us to do. And and I'll just say me, because I am not talking on behalf of my younger brother, but just complying and not questioning was just easier because, and you'll probably relate to this, but when you ask questions narcissistic mothers or just narcissistic parents in general they freak out and they lash out because they just want you to obey them i was thinking what helped you to move on from wanting a civil and loving relationship with your mother well when i when i moved on i was pretty close with my sisters back then um so they were able to to help me, um, and I also became roommates with one of my best friends, Chase. 
and uh, um, now he was he was my my biggest support and confidant and yeah just being able to you know go home to spend time with him just meant meant the world to me and then not much later is when I met you, met you so that was my my greatest uh, greatest blessing thanks darling i'm grateful for you too and i think one of the reasons why we maybe connected was because we are both scapegoats and at that point in time we didn't realize that you know like i would make a mistake and i would apologize like crazy i'm so sorry and i would be so worried that you would leave me because that was what i was used to you know like i would be given the silent treatment for weeks for making a mistake and also the people that I was living with at the time who were narcissistic in their own ways would treat me that way and so I would be just so worried that you would leave me and that like I wouldn't be good enough for you but I would be freaking out for nothing because you'd be like oh that's fine and you're so you're so chill and i had to get used to it and then when you would do something that might upset me like you would react in a similar way and you would be so scared that i would leave you or be really angry with you and i would just sit with you and be like tell me what's going on tell me your feelings and that was a weird for you right because no one really would ask you about your feelings in the past. Were you going to say something about that? Oh, no. Just agreeing. Just uh, bringing back memories. <laughs> <laughs> of our early dating, just like, yeah. not necessarily walking on eggshells around each other, but just, we're just both cautious because we really cared about each other deeply so quickly that we we wanted it to work oh yeah (laughs) that's for sure yeah so with being a scapegoat child what are your thoughts on the way your other siblings were treated compared to you oh they were well i would i would also say that i wasn't always the scapegoat I feel like my sisters and I, we would take turns of being the scapegoat or the the golden child. And um, it was it was when I was uh, probably around 10 or 12 when I really started um, feeling like the scapegoat child. And that's, that's around the, the time and age when when I felt like when I felt like there was wedges being put in between my mom and I and I didn't know why back then I mean back then I didn't know about narcissism but back then it it seemed like it was really easy for my mom to be closer with my sisters and by the way I'm the only boy in the middle of four sisters, so just some context with my 
my background. Yeah, so back then I, I just thought that my mom was able to be closer with my sisters because, you know, they're most of the household is full of women and so I definitely felt like the like the outlier in the family and um yeah, I just kept to myself a lot or I would just go to friend's house, stay in my room and stuff like that. Or just have friends come over and I would just I would just stick stay close to them. It's my take on being the scapegoat child. Thanks for sharing that, darling. I do want to say quickly to our listeners that I know this is hard for you. You are mostly a private person and the fact that you are willing to be open, I am just so proud of you and I hope that you're proud of yourself for sharing. Also because I feel like a lot of resources for women who have had to deal with narcissists but there is still somewhat of a stigma when it comes to emotional issues for men and so I really believe that you will help a lot of men be comfortable with their feelings and especially men who have narcissistic mothers just like you Sure hope so. <laughs> I did want to share when you were talking about how you would stay at your friend's house. I wanted to add to that that sometimes it would be for weeks at a time, right? Yeah. And something that, that I learned as I got to know the people that you grew up with, especially church youth leaders who were your mentors and would look out for you, and they would say things like, yeah, um, Jeremy's mom was having a hard time with him. So he went off to this camp or went to stay at someone's house. And I would get defensive, you know. I'd be like, no, like it wasn't her having a hard time. It was him when a child feels unsafe. I mean, you would come home sometimes and she would have your stuff thrown out on the porch and you would have no idea why. And it's like, it just, it makes me so upset that because there is this lack of awareness that, I mean, even within the LDS church that people just aren't trained, which is totally fine because, you know, in the church, everyone is a volunteer, no one's paid. But it would be nice if we had more trainings for leaders of the church to be able to recognize abusive homes and be able to protect children more. How do you, how did you feel when you would come home and all your stuff would be outside? I would definitely feel scared and like an outcast. Definitely uh, cause anxiety. Then it got to the point when it wouldn't be surprising because that's just how she is. That's one of the things about narcissists is that their behavior seems unpredictable, but like you said, you start to realize that that's just how she is. And 
because you start to recognize her patterns, her behavior actually does become predictable. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Speaking of anxiety, as you're sharing that story, it reminded me of one time my younger brother was really upset about something. I can't remember exactly what, but he packed up his little school bag with snacks. He was really young. He was probably like five or six. And he was so upset and he said, I'm going to run away. And I was so worried. I was like, oh my goodness, there's so many cars. He's so little. And my mother was just like, she just ignored him. And he just started walking out on the street. And you've, you've been to the house that I grew up in, that small street that you have to walk to to get to the bigger main street. So he started walking. And our maid at the time was like oh ma'am like i'm gonna go get him like to my mother and i will never forget that she said this though she was like he will come back and at that point as a child hearing that was just like yeah like he'll come back you know it's not that bad in our house but now as an adult when i think about that like my young naive mind her mentality was like i can use and abuse you but you always have to come back that's kind of how i see it now that situation and it's it's probably kind of similar to your situation because she just expected you to come back no matter how much she mistreated you and then when you didn't come back she would get upset right it's so bizarre like they treat us like crap and then when we don't come back they're like oh my goodness like why are you ignoring me i love you i love you so much i've done so much for you and it's like but what the good things you have done though like don't actually overshadow the horrible things you've done yeah i can definitely agree with that yeah because my my mom was the same way like she would use and abuse me but yeah she would always expect me to come back home yeah it's really a really bizarre thing to think about now that cycle of them being nice to us and treating us cruelly and then nice and cruel nice and cruel it's exhausting especially for a child when children thrive in stability and consistency are you doing okay yeah okay just uh just lost in my thought, I guess. <laughs> Would you like to share that thought? Or I guess not lost in thought, but I just, I just don't understand how she would expect. Sorry. Expect. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just I knocked my bone. elbow. Yeah, I hit my funny bone on the table. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Keep going. Well, it's just, yeah, it's so, so bizarre that she would, ex- she would expect me to come back, even after, like, throwing my stuff out and and whatnot, and and uh, comparing me to my scumbag of a father. So, yeah, that just, just amazes me. Yeah. We also have to remember that with narcissists, well, in this case, narcissistic parents, their children are usually an extension of themselves. And so even though she would compare you to your father, whom she hates with every 
fiber of her being like a normal person like even if you know they had a bad divorce or whatever the situation is traumatic as it would be they would still be able to see that their children are individuals with their own feelings and their own thoughts and that the children are separate from that spouse and so it's just the whole situation of your parents and all the horrible things that happened leading up to their divorce and the way your mother would treat you and compare you to a horrible man it just it breaks my heart because you are so good darling you are such a good man and your smile is as bright as the sun i mean you taught me how to smile my mother would always say that people who smile too much are annoyed because <laughs> she has a rbf you know and you you taught me how to smile and i'm so grateful for that and despite everything you've gone through i feel like you don't let your past define you you've learned for it learned from it and it's made you who you are and it allows you to have compassion for other people and to be kind because you've seen some really dark things in your life i mean despite the fact of our upbringing look at us now yeah and of course our marriage isn't perfect and we're not like it's not like we have it all together we're still working moving forward you know yeah and also i mean yeah exactly we we both work on ourselves individually and then when we come together and have our family council meetings we're able to be calm and civil when we have our discussions or disagreements and i love that because i wasn't shown that growing up like i mean i feel bad for my dad because even though i feel like i took the brunt of my mother's lashings but i feel like he has it worse and now that we're no contact that's something that i've had to forgive myself that going no contact with my parents means no longer being able to protect my father from her and going back to our marriage because i wasn't modeled you know healthy a healthy marital okay <laughs> i feel like my english is kind of funky today i wasn't modeled like a healthy marriage, marriage. thank you <laughs> <laughs> a healthy marriage that's something i've always wanted but i just didn't know how to achieve it you know and i am grateful for the church because being a latter day saint there's so many happy families and i probably wouldn't be alive if not for church leaders who took me in became my friend and showed me a better path and that my dreams could become real that i could be happily married and that i could raise my family and my children in a safe and emotionally stable home i mean you've always wanted children right yeah and that's where you and i are different because i think i was maybe 22 or 23 
when I actually started to be open to the idea of having children because the because of the way I grew up and the way the kind of relationship I had with my mother I was like I will never have children I don't want to bring an innocent soul into the world and have them be exposed to verbal abuse and chaos and as I started my healing journey and learned about narcissism and realized that I'm not actually clinically depressed. I was just around a toxic abuser for majority of my life. And as I distanced myself from my abuser, who is my mother, I was able to open my eyes to the wonderful, lovely things this world has to offer, which is having a, a loving, healthy relationship with someone like you and we have a beautiful baby boy jeremy and i and when i look at him i just if anything it just solidifies my decision in being no contact with our parents and your parents when i say our parents sorry i don't know why i i mean my parents so my parents your parents so our parents yeah I don't know. I feel like my brain is starting to work in Chinese. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just going to say that as we are raising our beautiful boy, it it solidifies my decision for us to not have relationships with family members who haven't started their healing journey and have no desire to. And for us to raise him in stability and boundaries and basically just all the things that we didn't grow up with <laughs> because you and i i mean we when we were growing up we had a roof over our heads and food but we were definitely emotionally neglected and yeah, we just given the essentials yeah and that's the thing it's like that isn't enough yeah, at least bodily essentials yeah because you i mean you can go to jail for like child neglect if a kid is like sleeping on the street or something but i also do want to say though that this conversation isn't to bash our mothers because both of them have had experiences that were traumatic and really difficult for them and so you and i we do have compassion for them you know and and we've both forgiven them we just don't want to have anything to do with them (laughs) and that's something that i've learned too in my healing journey is that i can forgive someone and not have a relationship with them a common question i get when i tell people that i'm no contact with my parents is that like Have you told your mom that maybe she should see a therapist or have you told her why? And I'm like, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that I've spent the last five years having conversations with her about the way she talks to me and the way she treats me and how she treats my my brother differently from me. And she would show typical narcissistic behavior by lying about situations and one of the nice things about technology now is you know being able to take screenshots and so i have years and years of screenshots of my phone proving her lies and 
proof of her guilt tripping and manipulation and my biggest thing is you know we're not perfect i mean i've lied before in my life and i've done things i'm not proud of but i own them and that's one of the big differences between a normal person and a narcissist a narcissist hates accountability they get very uncomfortable when you confront them on anything whether it's the way they treated you or if you want to clarify a situation they will dismiss it and make you crazy you notice that they don't take or accept constructive criticism at all yeah and they get offended when you tell them that you feel hurt by them Do you remember that one time I was having an argument with my mother when our Xiaobao was born and she was screaming at me and you picked me up and brought me to our master bedroom? Mm, Yeah. And we were in there for a little bit and then she knocked on the door and was like, Marie, I need to talk to you. And you were sleeping, so I was like, fine, I'll deal with her. And she was like, I was in the middle of talking to you and your husband took you away. Like, that was really rude. (laughs) And I was like, wow, my husband was trying to protect me, but you thought it was rude. Okay. And then I told her about how you take protecting me seriously, and it was a stressful situation, and he was trying to take me away from it. And she was like, so he thinks that I'm a terrible mother? And I'm like, why do you care what he thinks? And... I shouldn't, I obviously shouldn't have said that because she cares what everyone thinks. But it was an attempt to get her to reflect a little bit on herself and her behavior. Because maybe if she could see how her behavior was inappropriate and disrespectful, that maybe she would tone it down a little bit. But she got so offended and was like, well, I need to talk to Jeremy because I don't want him to think that I don't love you and that I don't respect you because I do. I was just upset and that's why I raised my voice. And I'm like, but that's the thing though, is that when you love, really love someone, yeah, the occasional volume being raised, fine. But when that's all you do, that's really exhausting. And I said, Jeremy has never yelled at me. I mean, we've had disagreements, but he has never screamed at me the way you have. And instead of being self-reflective and thinking about how maybe she was in the wrong and that she shouldn't have been screaming at me, especially since... I had just given birth and I w- and was still in pain. Her mind went to being offended that you treat me well and she doesn't. And then she went on like a tangent about how she does actually treat me well and that I should take it back. And that situation is just one of many, many situations I've had with her growing up where I would tell her that I would be hurt by her and then the next thing i knew my hurt would be ignored and it would be about her and the whole conversation would be about how i offended her by telling her that i'm hurt and i remember when i first learned about narcissism and i learned about gaslighting which is where an abuser tries to 
get you to question your reality and turn things around and manipulate a situation and i remember being so validated it was a light bulb moment for me i was like wow that is what my mother does she gaslights me and for people who've not experienced emotional abuse that concept can be hard to understand because with normal people it's like when you say i hurt you you'll say oh can you tell me more about how i hurt you but with the narcissist they're like well i only did that because you provoked me and it's like what like you are the adult here i was the child you're supposed to show me what healthy looks like and you don't know how to do that and that's okay i mean you and i you know we've both been in toxic relationships before we met where there were a lack of boundaries because we want we weren't shown what healthy relationships look like when we we're younger but the difference between you and i and our narcissistic mothers is that we're willing to change and we're willing to get help but with a narcissist they don't have that self-awareness to be like oh i need help i need to change before we end this conversation I was wondering if you have any advice for men who are adult sons of narcissists and any encouragement you want to give them. Well, I would definitely say, you know, create a support system and reach out to them as much as possible. I mean, I'm a I'm a pretty chill dude, so I guess I didn't really I didn't really worry about or let it get to me about like what my mom would say or how she would she would treat me. Um, I would just, I would just do my own thing. Um, but remember to, remember to take care of yourself. And I mean, you got this. Like, you're not on your own. There's plenty of people out there who can help you along your, your journey of, of healing. And, and yeah, I would, I would just like to say I'm, I'm rooting for you. And, and I love you. When Jeremy says, I love you, he really means it. And his heart is just full of love. And I hope that you can feel his love for you through this podcast. No matter what you've been through, there is a way out. And there are people who will love you and accept you for who you truly are. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks, honey. Did you have fun or was it too heavy? No, I, I had fun. It was... It was heavy at times but definitely proud of myself for doing this to end though i just want to add something real quick i remember when we got married and you had wanted me to have cook for my surname my last name and because of the dark history of your family i hesitated and also because in singapore i don't really know a lot of people who've changed their name when they got married and it was actually my younger brother who was like a name is what you make it and despite the past i hope that when people think of the cook name and the cook cody podcast they'll think of healing and love and compassion and authenticity and i'm grateful to share a name with you thank you darling i appreciate that so much and i'm so happy that we're cooks together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a narcissistic parent, please know you're not alone. 
As a coach, I help adult children of narcissistic parents break free from manipulation and control and live life on their own terms. A link is in the episode description to schedule a call with me if you'd like to learn more about what I do and how I can help you. I would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.